Here's Dobbs, looking deep for Wilson, and it's broken up by the rookie Forbes. It is Washington football. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was the fourth down stop as heard on Fox as the Washington Commanders stop Josh Dobbs and defeat the Arizona Cardinals 20-16. to I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. And joining us right now to break it all down on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, who you can hear on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., Monday through Friday, it's Craig Hoffman. What's going on, Craig? What's up, Adam? How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. A win is a win. And you know what? It doesn't matter how close it was, how ugly it was, but it was a win. And what did you learn about Sam Howell from that game that you maybe didn't already know? Honestly, not much. Um, I realize that might make me different from a lot of other people who seem to have wildly different expectations of who Howell is. And I'm not saying that I'm 100% right. And well, look at me, I'm I'm prescient in any way. It's just like, it's one week, and that was what I expected to see for one week. Where it goes from here is kind of the fun of it. But you see the upside. You see the, the arm strength. You see how the ball flies out of his hands. You see him be really composed in the pocket. You see him escape the pocket at times in, in good timing. Um, you see the creativity in the red zone, which is enormously important and is going to help them score a lot of points this year. Um, but you also see the young guy stuff. You see a couple of sacks that are on him. Um, you see the sack fumble, which is a, a sack that's given up by the offensive line, but you can protect the football better there if you're a quarterback and you see that coming instead of trying to make a hero play. And so I think that you see the the big mistakes that are uh, many of which are just young guy things. And even the, the other interception, the other turnover, like that ball could be out faster and his footwork is not really timed up with the route, the way that it should be. So you see some of the, the stuff that he's going to get used to and that'll get better with repetition and, and getting kind of a better mental catalog of what defenses do in the NFL um, but you also see the upside and why it is worth being excited over what he could potentially turn into. Yeah, I mean, it truly was the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, I knew he liked to hold on to the ball, and we were going to deal with that all season long, where he, he's young and he wants to make the home run play. I was a little disappointed that it felt like his pocket presence didn't improve from the preseason, and maybe it's just going to take a few weeks, but there's so many different plays where I felt like if he just stepped up in the pocket, he'd give himself more time. He could possibly run. He, you know, he would avoid the sack. He could let the play develop. It, what are you noticing uh, from his pocket presence? So a couple of things that I think are interesting to consider with Howell in this regard. First is that was his first game against a real NFL speed defense since the Dallas game. And of course, it's only his second game like that ever because in the preseason he didn't play against any starters like Cleveland's ones weren't out there uh, for any extended period of time and they were missing like Miles Garrett for instance which as we were reminded on Sunday is a pretty important guy to be missing Um, and then you know Baltimore he he saw it in practice uh, in the joint practices but they can't hit him so by the time you get to the preseason game Baltimore doesn't play any of their dudes and he's going against second string guys. And so the speed of it was probably very different. And, you know, Arizona might not have a ton of talent defensively, but they play fast and they have more talent than you think. Offensively, it's a different story, but defensively, they got a couple of nice players and and they play really fast. And so there's part of that. But to the larger thing, Adam, that I think is worth watching 
in terms of stepping up in the pocket, this is where his height becomes a factor. Mm. If you're six foot tall and your linemen are six two, six three, standing back a little bit is going to let you see down the field. You step up and all you see is the back of their helmets or their, their nameplate on the back of their jersey. And so I don't know how comfortable he is stepping up in the pocket on a regular basis versus, you know, we see in the preseason, a guy like Brissett step up a little bit more because he's 6'4 and he can see over the line. And so is, is height, a, you know, an ultimate deterrent where you can't play in the league? No, but there's a reason that most quarterbacks aren't Sam Howell's size. And it's because you can't see linemen are big, big dudes. And so literally being able to see the throwing windows and the lanes and the coverages and where linebackers underneath are working to, to pick you off is harder. And so I think you're going to see him as a guy that when that clock goes off, he escapes out of the pocket and is like circling back out versus other quarterbacks that step up and through for that reason. And it's actually easier for him to keep his eyes downfield if he doesn't have a line in front of him. And it's also why I think it's on EB to move the pocket, which they did some on Sunday and continue to do that to try to give him clear vision uh, throughout the entire field. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of coach EB, how did you feel about his play calling? I thought it was good. Um, I I think that you could probably gripe and say maybe a little bit more running the football in the first half, but it wasn't like they weren't productive. Like they put up a ton of yards in the first half. And if, if uh, uh, Gibson doesn't fumble, like they, they score on that drive too. And so I felt like the offense was in a good rhythm and everybody was kind of getting involved. People were getting their touches, you know, ultimately you'd hope to get Terry a few more, you know, but it is, you can't get everyone touches all the time. And they just needed to execute a little bit better, you know, whether it's the drops by Logan Thomas, whether it's, you know, some of the other stuff that we, we talked about with how I thought that, that they were in a pretty good position to succeed. And I loved them, you know, kind of realizing in the second half, we don't have to do all this, you know, we're, we're going to be able to just methodically get the ball down the field and there our defense is going to wreck their life. And so the, the bar here is not terribly high. We can be patient. We don't have to press. And so I like the, the running the ball more and, and including all of like the third downs where they didn't throw it. And, and a lot of people are upset about that. Like you just got to read the room and, and the analytics are a composite of every matchup that's ever happened. That says, you know, 64% of the time in NFL history, this thing happened. We're not dealing with all of NFL history. The analytics can inform you, but if your defense is destroying their offense and their offense is led by Josh Dobbs, you can trust it more than the analytics say. And, you know, taking a field goal here or, you know, being okay punting is, is definitely the strategy. And I thought EB managed the game very well in that regard. Craig Hoffman with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can check him out on the Odyssey app 4 to 7 p.m. every day. So Curtis Samuel leads the team in receptions, yards, leads all receivers in touches there. They handed it to him once for six yards. Were you surprised by that? I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, I think it's – I like Samuel's usage package. I'll put it that way. Um, I would like – you know, I mean, the thing is he didn't leave them in targets, right? They tried to get the ball to Jahan more. Yeah. Logan Thomas is, is a guy that uh, actually I think led the team. I think – or maybe he and Dotson both had seven um, targets. Maybe uh, Logan had eight. But, like, those guys – those guys are going to be the features of the offense um, because of the way this thing is designed. And then Terry is going to be a recipient of chunk plays. I think what's going to be interesting is 
do they start putting Terry in the slot more, getting him routes that are in-breaking over the middle because that's where Sam is going to be most comfortable throwing and where EB can create more space in this offense and just try to get the ball in Terry's hands more. I do think that's something that will evolve over the course of the year. But like Samuel in a vacuum, I like his usage package usage package some is a, is a receiver and he gets some touches that way i like it one to two handoffs for him a game uh, and they got good yardage on that run you know a screen to him that doesn't go anywhere but you give him the opportunity and eventually one of those is going to pop for a big play so i liked what they did with curtis samuel i think it's really important to kind of keep him involved in the offense to keep everything on schedule and then it's a matter of getting more out of Dotson's touches, more out of Logan Thomas's touches. Some of that is accuracy. Some of that is, you know, catching the ball instead of dropping it. And some of that is, you know, a multitude of other factors related to the defense and the kind of matchups you see week in and week out. What are the commander's chances of staying undefeated Sunday in Denver? I think they're like, I don't want to say they're good. Like, oh yeah, they're going to go out and crush the Broncos. But like, I'll probably wind up picking them in the game. Mm. I think this defense is really good, and I think the Denver offense is still very much a work in progress. Yeah. And I think they can keep it close enough. Now, I, I got to watch the Denver defense a little bit more. They're really good. Could they mess up Howell? It's his first road start. You know, it, it, that place is raucous. We talked about that on Take Command, actually, that we taped this morning that'll be out tomorrow. Like, Logan said there's like five places in the NFL where home, like home field advantage really matters. And Denver is one of them. You have the altitude, the crowd is raucous. You know, they're, they're probably pretty pumped up uh, with Sean Payton there. So, so it's a little bit of more juice than they've had in the past couple of years there. So I think that, that the matchup is fine. Um, they're pretty even talent wise. Um, unless Russell Wilson reverts to old, good Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy, uh, I haven't seen anything on him yet this week, but I know he left the game, so that takes out a, a big weapon if he's not available to play. And then, you know, what can they do offensively? Can EB scheme it up, and, and is this a better scheme fit maybe that they can take advantage of? He's obviously very familiar with the personnel from his time in Kansas City, but how can he take advantage of it with, you know, everybody being new under Sean Payton? That's a, that's a giant TBD. But I, I think they have a good shot, and it, I'm guessing the line is probably pretty close. It's probably like three, three and a half. Craig, great stuff, man. Follow Craig on social media at Craig Hoffman, host of the Hoffman Show 4-7 to 7 on the Team 980. And I did want to mention, you got Michael Phillips setting up cameras all over the place now. He wants to be like your show, putting it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way to go, man. I can't believe you're not. You're Mr. YouTube. You were doing the YouTube stuff before everybody else. I know. Well, that's you're not the thing. Ahead is, of this. Well, now they don't pay me to do YouTube, so I'm not spending the time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just let Phillips do it. Like, yeah. hey, newspaper man, come on in here with your cameras and let's do digital. All yeah. right, let's go. <laughs> Craig, thanks so much, man. You got it, buddy. See yep. ya. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan now on 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on an overreaction Tuesday on The Fan. It is September 12th. We're live and local here in the RVA until 3 p.m. Before I hand it off to Grant and Danny from Washington, D.C. I mentioned it earlier with Zach. I will absolutely be out there at the Oktoberfest at the St. Benedict's Catholic Church, 300 North Shepherd Street. We are a very pro festival show we love the festivals here in richmond rva known for great festivals i went to the first over 804 day a couple months ago watermelon fest check i'm there um 
Football Fest. We threw our own festival. We go downtown for churches, uh, Churchill's Iris Festival. We hit any festival in town. I am a pro festival show, and I will absolutely be at Oktoberfest. That's the lead story on Dude Food. Dude Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can eat this off a of flip-flop? <laughs> loves food dude food so christopher my favorite thing about festivals is when there's road closures like watermelon fest they shut down Carytown. you can walk everywhere you know churchill irish festival it's just packed with people repping irish outfits and dancing around and singing and it's the same thing for the Oktoberfest at saint benedict's catholic church it's friday saturday and sunday they will shut down Belmont Avenue from Stewart to Grove. Uh, Hanover Avenue will be closed also from Belmont to Shepherd. It's Friday 4 to 11, Saturday 11 to 11, and Sunday 12 to 6. I had a great time last year drinking all the beers, but I didn't eat. So, Christopher, this year, bringing up on Dude Food, I need to try one of the German cuisines. What do you think they're going to offer? Well, brats is my, my first guess. I mean, yeah. that's a German classic. I make brats for myself all the time. It's okay. a better hot dog. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was guessing, right? Yeah, that's, it's just a better hot dog. Do, now, I know, like a Polish dog, they always put peppers and onions. Do the Germans do the same thing? I I have no clue. Yeah. They maybe. Might, <laughs> they may throw something crazy in yeah, their pickles maybe, or maybe something. Maybe some sauerkraut. Yeah. That could, you know what? That's, yeah. good. that's a good call there. You're so worldly, you know? <laughs> um, another thing we wanted to bring up here on Dude Food. So, there is an 85-cent blizzard deal going on right now at Dairy Queen. We had a Dairy Queen gr- uh, growing up like three blocks from my house. Oh. And my dad's going to be embarrassed when I say this. He would make us split one, right? <laughs> so he would buy a large, you know, mint chocolate chip blizzard with Oreos and make me and my sister and him grab three spoons and we're arguing about who gets to dive their spoon in and get the bigger bite. Oh, I thought that was a two person split, a three split. Three That's split. Bad. Three split. That's bad. I know. It's crazy the household that I grew up in, you know? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Um, but so Dairy Queen invented this blizzard back in 1985. And they uh, the item is obviously what's been so popular on their menu. Now they're offering a small blizzard treat for 85 cents through September 24th. It's an app-exclusive deal. All these damn locations now, all these places have an app, right? Yes. Like oh, Dunkin' Donuts. And I have them all. Oh, you do? Oh, I have every app. So I had the Dunkin' app, and then did you hear about the, like, the issue with the Dunkin' app? No. So around the country, everyone had the Dunkin' app, and you were collecting points, mm-hmm. right? It's not You weren't getting anything free. You weren't no, getting anything no. cheaper. You were just collecting yeah. points. And you're like, what the hell are these points worth? Well, they finally said what the points were going to be worth as they put everyone's points back to zero. Oh, my God. And my buddy James lost his S and threw his phone, deleted the donut, uh, Dunkin' Donuts app, and I don't think he's been back since. I, I wouldn't. Because he was he had like a 1,000 points, and they said, you know what? They're finito. <laughs> they got rid of his points. So we might have to try this all for 85-cent Blizzard. I love That's that. That's not bad. Yeah. Do you have a go-to Blizzard flavor? Uh, you know, I, I had a Dairy Queen from like age not zero to five, yeah. and then they got rid of it. <laughs> they got rid of it, and, and it's it's back in Midlow now. Yeah. It was gone, and we got a new one, but, you know, I, I haven't been down there. Here's something that I feel, I feel like everyone slept on at Dairy Queen growing up. We all know they're, they're great for their treats, the desserts. Oh, yeah. But their buffalo chicken tenders were amazing. 
They their buffalo sauce might might have cocaine in it. It is so addicting. I was like, I, I like I loved it so much as a kid. I would eat my French fries in it when my fries were done. I dip my pinky in there, and just try the buffalo sauce raw. It was that good. I'm, I love their I'm sauce. I'm in on Buffalo, so yeah. I need to try it. How about that? Might have to do a show from Buffalo one day. <laughs> All right. Um, I know you wanted to bring up this Lunchables story. Explain this to the audience. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lunchables are offering new grilled cheese, grilled crispy, crispy grilled cheeses. Uh, they got original and pepperoni pizza. Throw them in a microwave for a minute. Have probably the worst grilled cheese you could ever, <laughs> you could ever wow. imagine. So, look. Here's what I'll say. Good on Lunchables for trying to mix it up and try something new, right? Sure. I mean, they've been around for 30 years. I'm not afraid to say I was a Lunchable kid. I had them at lunch almost every day. Even after college, when I was working on the junkies, getting up at 6 a.m., I was having a Lunchable for breakfast. Terrible for my stomach, <laughs> right? So many gastro issues because of that. But you know what? I loved a good Lunchable. Yeah, I don't think my mom was was as keen on giving me those things. Yeah. Uh, that You'll be happy to know the pepperoni pizzas are using their classic pepperonis that okay. come with their pizzas and their crackers so i will say my favorite was always the ham and cheese all right uh lunchable second favorite the nachos that's i always love the nachos right then you'd like microwave the cheese sauce so it's like hot queso right mm-hmm. god i love talking about lunchables i just it brings me back man i just i'm just picturing these like pre-packaged white bread that you're thrown in a microwave and yeah. it's it's not giving me a good there's feeling. there's no way it's gonna be good but here's what it will be it'll be clutch that's what. It's, all right. If you're, if you're starving, for, it's clutch. It's five dollars for a two pack. Yeah, that's I, not bad. Yeah, you know what? That's might have to try that. Yeah, you, I mean, might have to try it on air. We we can do that. I haven't had Lunchables <laughs> in four years though. I've been on a bit of a health kick where I said, you know what? That is all processed food. I need to I need to be out on it. Uh, Wendy's is giving away free fries this week. Got to bring that up on Dude Food. People sleep on Wendy's fries. So good. Great. Get it with the chili. Dip it in the chili. Love doing that. Um, so here's the deal. Through September 17, they're offering free fries with any purchase. Most of, the, most of these free deals usually restrict you to a small or a junior size, but you can actually get any size of fries that you want with this promotion. So I might go later today and get some nuggets and a large fry. That is a great deal. That is good. Wendy's is, it has the best deals. Yeah. We that, are doing PSAs here. Yeah, oh, on I'm, Dude I Food. love Wendy's. The, yeah. the, the four for four, which is has kind of been phased out, but <laughs> for the longest time, that was the best deal in fast food. So Wendy's also has a, a bunch of other special deals. They're trying to get everyone back into Wendy's here during autumn. Free soft drink with any purchase September 25th to October 1st. $2 off any premium combo for the entire month of September, and $2 off any breakfast combo. You know what? I'm not getting Wendy's breakfast. I'm not doing that. Yeah, have you tried it? I don't know if I have. I'm, yeah. You know, I don't like McDonald's as much otherwise, but for breakfast, yeah. that's, that's well, the yeah, place to go. If you go to Taco Bell or Wendy's for breakfast, you're not allowed in this studio because okay, okay. you'll be farting up a storm. Taco Bell breakfast oh, has no. those Cinnabon delights, oh, okay. which Fine. are the greatest. But, that, but not their eggs. Don't tell me you eat their eggs. I have before. Oh, my it's God, <laughs> Chris. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I'm not stopping there on the way. Don't worry. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. On the way home, maybe. Um, I always love a story that says it involves a secret menu item. Do you know about secret menu oh, items? of course, of course. Like, um, what was it? Oh, there was a good one at, um, oh, oh, what's that place? The great sandwich shop that uh, destroyed Subway. Pop, not Pop Bellies. Oh, my goodness. They have, they're good for their soup combo. 
Super to bread bowl. You know what? What's oh, the, Panera? Panera. Panera has a secret menu item nobody knows about. It is the hummus power bowl. It is so good. It's like chicken and hum. It's like a, a large salad. Like, you know how ladies love a big salad? It's an extra big salad for like $5.99. That's a good secret menu item. Subway, my boy Brett will love this shout out. Has a secret menu item called the pe- chicken pizziola. All right. It is their meatball sub. Everything that comes on a meatball sub, you replace the meatballs with their chicken. It's actually delicious. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, but this secret menu item story is about Texas Roadhouse. Apparently, it's considered America's fastest growing res- restaurant chain. I feel like it's been around my entire lifetime. Yeah, and uh, a secret menu item at, at like a sit down restaurant. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. No. This is juicy. All right. They have the pulled pork cactus blossom. So the regular cactus blossom is, of course, their uh, version of the Bloomin' Onion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was made famous at, at uh, Outback. At Outback. So this is the cactus blossom with pulled pork. It is an upgrade to add pulled pork on top of on top of the onion, and it's the same meat that they serve in their pulled pork sandwich. And you can also add barbecue sauce on top. That sounds great. That's a good secret that menu item. Um, how about the smothered blossom with jack cheese? Of course, it's another thing you can add on top of the blossom. Um, a kid's grilled cheese. That doesn't deserve to be on a secret menu. I'm out on that. And then the last thing, steak sliders. Could have sworn they were on the regular menu, but they say the secret item might be considered a hack because it involves using fresh baked rolls and adding your meat of choice to make the sliders. Oh, so basically what they're saying is Texas Roadhouse always gives you these great dinner rolls. Right, they give you like yeah, the pumpernickel yeah, yeah, yeah. ones, right? You cut them open, and then you just add, ask for meat on the side, and you make your own sandwich. That's not a secret menu item. You're just a loser. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. That was Dude Food on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And joining us right now to go around the National Football League on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Mark Schofield. What's going on, Mark? What's going on, Adam? How you doing today, my friend? I mean, I'm doing all right because I am not a Jets fan. Aaron Rodgers out for season after playing 75 seconds. He doesn't even complete a pass in a regular season game in a Jets uniform. I didn't have that on my bingo card, Mark. I don't think too many people had that one on their bingo card. I mean, a lot of people looked at, obviously, the expectations with Rodgers coming to New York and the talented roster the Jets had in place around the quarterback position you would look at. Oh, Rodgers could come in. This could go extremely well. They could win a bunch of games, live up to those expectations. Some people took a bit of an opposite viewpoint and said, look, that's a very difficult schedule. The AFC is loaded. That division is going to be tough. You know, maybe they struggle a little bit, even with Rodgers in the fold. I don't think anybody said that he was going to be knocked out of the, the game just four plays into his Jets career and be lost for the season. You know, this is certainly a development nobody saw coming. And now the question becomes, what do the Jets do at the quarterback position? There's reporting out there today that they're starting to reach out to, to veteran quarterbacks. You hear names such as Matt Ryan, who's in the booth right now, Carson Wentz, who's not, not signed by a team and is available. 
Or do they decide that, look, you know, we have a very good team and maybe we're just going to hope for the best from Zach Wilson. But this is not what the Jets needed to have happen in week one. And Robert Sala's face right when Rodgers went down tells the entire story. Everything was built in New York around getting the best out of Rodgers, putting that team in a position to make a deep playoff run, adding Nathaniel Hackett, somebody with close ties to Rodgers as your offensive coordinator, bringing in some of Rodgers' old teammates as receivers for him. This was built to be his team. Now he's not going to be a part of it the entire season. That's a big blow for New York. Overreaction Tuesday here on AWOD Radio. Overreaction or not, Bryce Young is going to struggle all season long. Just 146 yards, two interceptions, and a fumble. Not great from the rookie. Yeah, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. You know, watching that game live, spinning through it again this morning, I saw some signs that he's already starting to learn from those mistakes. You take those two interceptions. First of all, he just kind of lost it in on the receiver he was looking for, and Jesse Bates read his eyes the entire way and just broke on the throw before Young even made it. The second interception, though, Young approached it much differently. He knew he had Bates lurking in the middle of the field. He tried to move him with his eyes, was looking to his left, looking to his left, then through to the right. Bates just made a very good play, read the concept out, and broke on the ball perfectly. To me, that's a sign that Young's already learning from mistakes, and that's what you want from a young quarterback because there are going to be mistakes. There are going to be games where he's going to throw two picks. There are going to be games where he might throw three picks. But you want to see him learning from those mistakes, and we saw that already on Sunday. And so, look, I know you can sort of look at some of those plays, look at the bottom line, the the loss, the stats, and things like that, and say, look, he's going to have some trouble this year. And he will have some trouble. He's a rookie quarterback. But I think what we saw on film tells me he's starting to learn from mistakes, and that's going to be a big thing for him going forward. Mark Schofield with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. And, Mark, when we talked in the offseason, we said the NFC is wide open, the AFC, it's the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. Well, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills are all 0-1. Who are you most concerned about between the three? I... It's a tough question to answer, but I think after week one, I'm most worried about the Buffalo Bills, and here's why. When you look at the Chiefs, they were missing two big parts of their off uh, their roster, right? Travis Kelsey's out with injury. Chris Jones, a big part of their defensive front and a big part of what they do in the pressure game on the quarterback. He's up there watching in the suite. Well, he just signed a deal, so he's going to be back soon, and we expect Kelsey to be back soon as well. So I think those issues will get sorted out. When you look at Cincinnati, I think a lot of that game is – the Cleveland Browns and what they can do on defense. That defense looks to be very stout, particularly up front with Darius Smith paired up with Miles Garrett. Jim Schwartz did some fantastic things schematically, moving Miles Garrett around because you've got Smith. You can put you know Smith on one edge and then find the best matchup for Garrett. There was a play where he's lined up over the center and he's doing the Allen Iverson crossover before using a Euro step on the center and gets immediate pressure. And so I think the big story of that game is. Cleveland's defense is very good, and so Cincinnati's offense will be better when they're not playing the Cleveland Browns. But then you get to Buffalo, and what concerns me about that game we saw last night was Josh Allen led the league in turnovers a year ago, and he had four again last night. You know, there's a duality to Josh Allen. Some of what he does, like the first interception, rolling to his left and then trying this audacious cross-body throw back towards the middle of the field, 55 yards downfield at the double coverage. Sometimes he hits on those plays. That's part of what makes him exciting. But more often than not, those plays end like that one did with an interception. And on a night where Zach Wilson is pushed into the lineup because of injury, 
and that Jets offense is kind of struggling, you don't need to make throws like that, but that's who Josh Allen is. And if he continues to turn the ball over that kind of rate, it's going to be tough, like you said, in that loaded AFC and that deep AFC East. And so sitting here right now, I know it's overreaction Tuesday here after the week one games, but that's the team I'm worried about the most because of Allen's insistence on taking some risks when he perhaps shouldn't. Mark, I thought about this last night, and I might be totally wrong, but I'm just going to say it. I don't believe Josh Allen has the greatest NFL IQ. Stephon Diggs kept telling him on the sideline to think and pointing to his head, and it was like the mental mistake was the biggest issue for Josh Allen. Like he, he kept taking shots downfield when there were guys open underneath, and I just wonder, the quarterback position, it's the hardest position on the planet. It's the hardest job on the planet. Every week people are coming for your job. They're trying to knock you out of the game. And I just wonder if Josh Allen has the NFL IQ to be great. And he is, and he's excellent, but is he going to be able to take his team to the promised land if he's having these dumb mistakes? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a brilliant question. And it's one that is going to be tough for Josh Allen to answer because he has such a tremendous arm and he has the athleticism that he can sometimes get away with those risks. And those risks and those splash type plays and those off structure moments have made him one of the league's most exciting quarterbacks to watch, but they come at a cost, you know, and last night was a night where you didn't need those plays. He didn't need to take those risks. Sometimes check the ball down, throw it away. The other team's offense is struggling. They needed to use sort of a golf analogy, fairways, greens, layups, get up and down and make a couple of pars. You didn't need to go for the graded two when you're standing 350 yards away and you've got to carry 200 you know, feet of water in front of the green. But that's what he was doing last night. On a night, the Bills didn't need that. But the bigger question is, if, can Josh Allen rein himself in? You know, What we've seen over the years is he's willing to take those risks, maybe on nights where he shouldn't, maybe in games where he shouldn't, maybe against teams where he shouldn't. Does he dial himself back or not? And if he doesn't, it's going to be a problem for them. Mark, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Adam. Have a great week. Enjoy the games next weekend. Thanks, dude. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Final segment of the day coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. So we've talked about how the NFL is trying to bring in a younger audience. I actually watched the playoff game that was on Nickelodeon. I wanted to check it out, see people get slimed. I was a big fan of Nick at night as a kid, watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air till I fell asleep. But this story is even more interesting. Disney Plus and ESPN Plus to air a Toy Story version of a Sunday night football game coming up October 1st. That's the lead story as we catch you up on anything Hollywood and entertainment here on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. So, of course, I understand this story is for a younger audience. I'm not watching cartoons anymore, unless it's a damn good Pixar flick. But I know there's probably a ton of parents listening right now, and they're trying to get their kids into football. Well, how about you check this out? The NFL is teaming up with Disney in an effort to drum up interest in football from a younger crowd. So ESPN+, Plus, Disney+, Plus, and NFL+, Plus, all the pluses are together putting fingers at each other, are going to be streaming a game on October 1st between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. But check this. It will be fully animated. 
and take place in Andy's room from Toy Story. I loved Toy Story. How many have they made now, Christopher? They've done four, right? They've done four and five's coming out soon. Five's coming out? Five's coming out. Oh, so is this like kind of getting people excited? Probably, yeah, marketing. They're calling it Toy Story Fun Day Football instead of Sunday. Uh, They will animate each play in real time using the NFL's next-gen stats and beyond sports technology. That is why I want to see it for a little bit. I want to check out how it looks, animating it in real time. They'll have Drew Carter, Booger McFarlane, and 12-year-old superstar reporter Pepper Persley will be giving play-by-play. Toy Story characters like Woody and Buzz will make an appearance. I hope they get the dinosaur. What's his name? Uh, Rex. Rex. Yeah. hope they get Rex in this. It will stream live on October 1st starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and a replay will be available for a short amount of time afterwards. So this must be the game that's going on in Germany or in Europe because how are they starting this game at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time? Yeah, that's early. Right? Yeah. But are you interested? I, You know, that might be the only game I watch this season. <laughs> so I, I think I am interested. I'm, I'm interested in seeing just a couple of replays, like a big touchdown pass. How does that look? Animated. I mean, look, I like how they're trying something new, and they had to because Nickelodeon got the got rights the, to do a wild got the card slime game. On the field. Right? Disney's like, you know what? What's better than Nickelodeon? The only thing we got Toy Story. Let's do it. Woody and Buzz. <laughs> Any other uh, Netflix topics you wanted to bring up today? Uh, the box office scores. Okay. Uh, Tell me weekend. Barbie's not number one. Barbie still. is not number one. Uh, none two came uh, out at number one. You know I what? saw it. I'd rather have it. Barbie back at number one. I don't like, I'm not, I'm out on horror films. Unless they are. Top dog, like Paranormal Activity. I thought Cabin in the Woods at 10 out of 10. Unless it's a great horror flick, I'm out. Oh, I'm all in on everything. I, I believe Everything me. they Did got. you see Winnie and the Pooh, the no, Blood and no, Honey? No, 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 I did not. I okay. did not check that. Did but, you see A Violet Night? No. Okay. But I saw a nun, too. Okay. I saw a nun, too. What did you think? It was fine. Okay. It was just fine. <laughs> you know I know what that means. It means if you paid for it, you're probably regretting it. And I sure did. <laughs> All right. So what took uh, second place in the uh, box office? Equalizer 3. Okay. Equalizer 3 We're both there. out on Equalizer yeah, 3, right? I, I didn't even know it yeah. was a franchise. I do like Denzel, but uh, I'm not yes. in on Equalizer. No. Yeah. A surprise, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 hit number three. Oh, no yeah, way, because we were clowning it last week. Yeah, it week. didn't have a great preview, but it, it's it's doing all right. Wow. Yeah. And then right. Jawan is in fourth, which is a Hindi film, so okay. a little bit of Bollywood. Really? And then, well, you know what? Jawan might be good. Not as good as Jawan a man. That is an excellent movie. Okay. You haven't seen that? <laughs> I've never heard of oh, that. Oh, dude, guy gets kicked out of the NBA, puts on a wig, joins the WNBA. Oh. It's the, my favorite sports movie oh. <laughs> of all time. Wow. <laughs> And then number fifth, got to stay in there still. We have Barbie. We do have Barbie. We so got, Oppenheimer's yeah. gone. Oppenheimer's gone. Can you yeah. still see Oppenheimer? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think. I still need to go see it. Yeah. Did, what, was, it what was your rating for it? Uh, it's, a, it's a four. Yeah, it's but four you stars. gave Barbie like a five, didn't Barbie's you? Barbie's a four and a half. Wow. What was the last movie you gave five stars to? Like released in 2023 or just that I saw? That you saw. Uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, that's an old school classic. Yeah. Was that like the first time you'd ever yeah, seen it? Yeah, first time I'd ever seen it oh, about, no way. about a week ago. I would, that was uh, here's a hint. Five. Uh, don't watch the, the second one. They, There's a second one? Yeah. I did not know. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Kubrick. No, right, exactly. But the first yeah. one, though. Yeah, all right, so was... you brought it up, and I'm a movie nerd. I think it's the best transition in movie history when the ape is going to break the, the fire yeah. or whatever, and then they cut to, like, present day, yes, right? it's... I, that movie it, it changed me. Yeah, you know, I, I was like <laughs> like existential in my room trying to go to bed that night. <laughs> <laughs> I do love sci-fi movies. My favorite sci-fi movie 
right now is Interstellar. Mm, I'm a Blade Runner guy. Really? Yeah. The original. Did you see? I haven't seen 2049. I haven't seen 2049 either. And I, I, I don't to, think I want to. Because I love Blade Runner and I love Ryan Gosling. Tell me you've read the book, though. No, I don't oh, read dude, it. The book, so much better than the movie. Really? Do androids dream of electric sheep? They forced everyone at VCU to read it. And I'm a better man because of it. It's a top ten movie for me well, of all a, time. It's a so. top three book. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's not as good as Stranger in a Strange Land. That was Robert Heinlein. But uh, it was a great book. I'm sure you're going to hear more book talk on Grant and Danny. No, they'll be talking NFL, Aaron Rodgers, and more. I did want to mention before we go that who's talking with Frank Maloney and Jim Hobgood? The podcast is up. They had Terry Kirby and Dave Glenn yesterday on the fan. Check that out. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. It's Grant and Danny coming up next.